Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein. And this is all that matters. What is your favorite tree? I'm, you know, I've often found that people can be like trees. Some are resistant to change. Others are malleable and yet unbroken. I have a favorite. How about you? And tell me what you think about when you hear this famous poem written by Joyce Kilmer, who uh, was from New Jersey and died in World War I, but wrote this poem and left it for eternity. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree, a tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast. A tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray. A tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair. Upon whose bosom snow is lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. Well... Recently, I've traveled amongst the redwoods in California and have done so on a number of occasions. Perhaps you have too. You know, it's the Sequoia Sempervirens, which is the sole living species of the genus Sequoia. Common names include Coast Redwood, Coastal Redwood, and California Redwood. This is an evergreen that can live from 1,200 to 2,200 years or more. I know that we can celebrate trees, but the redwood is something special, isn't it? Majestic, the tallest tree on earth, reaching more than 350 feet high. Did you know that endangered marble murrelets lay their eggs on the upper branches of redwoods? And that creatures like the wandering salamander can live their entire life in a redwood canopy? I had to investigate to learn more about them because for some reason, the redwood is a metaphor to me. A metaphor for so much of what human beings are capable of. If we're nourished, if we're allowed to grow. For example, the earliest redwoods showed up on Earth shortly after the dinosaurs, before flowers and birds and spiders and, of course, humans. Redwoods have been around for about 240 million years, they tell us. And in California, for at least 20 million years. Now, compare that to about 200,000 years for modern humans. However, in the last 150 years, human beings have drastically reduced the number of the ancient trees through clear-cut logging and development, and now only 5% of old-growth redwood forests remain. Perhaps you've read the overstory and know a bit about this story of trees. I'm about to go visit an art exhibit about it with Bonnie and with my daughter Bacheva and to understand the beauty and power of trees. Their bark, for example, and the redwood helps them survive many hardships that other trees can't. 
could be at least a foot thick. And it contains lots of tannins that makes redwoods resistant to insects and diseases and fungus. Their bark has very little resin, which is why redwoods are fire resilient. A redwood also has shallow but widespread roots. And this helps them survive by interlocking the roots of other trees around them. Intertwining root systems provide them stability to make mighty trees during strong winds and floods. And Quite literally, they hold one another down. And their shallow roots can can also sprout and support new redwood trees. Far more successfully, by the way, than those from cone seeds. Redwoods can often be seen growing in circles known as fairy rings or family circles because they sprout from the roots of a pear tree. I can't tell you how joyous it's made me to come across a circle of redwoods up in Big Sur and north of San Francisco at the headlands to look at the redwoods and to understand these fairy rings. This, they can also, this is something I did know, can make it rain. A redwood's leaves can both absorb moisture from fog right from the air, and they can also condense fog into drops and rain them, rain them down to, to soak the soil around them. The ability to make it rain. In other words, to create their own weather, so to speak. Could we learn something about that? About creating the own atmosphere around which we seek to grow as human beings. Do we call upon gentleness and do we call upon resourcefulness and Do we sink our roots down and nourish them with joy and gratitude and positivity? Or do they sink into negativity at times? We can learn from trees, can't we? Because redwoods grow so large and old, their shed leaves collect together with dust and water on their branches and eventually they become soil that often create many ecosystems. Imagine hundreds of plants, including ferns and moss and huckleberries and lichen. Even other full-size trees have been found living in the canopies of redwoods. They themselves sustain life. And while all trees are crucial to maintaining a stable, human-friendly climate, redwoods are really climate change heroes. Studies show that coast redwoods capture more carbon dioxide from our cars, trucks, and power plants than any other tree on earth, and that is saying something. Yeah, the redwoods. What is your favorite tree? Redwood has to be in the top five of mine. But my very favorite is the birch. Why? Perhaps because I grew up in Vermont with birches around me. Perhaps because Bonnie and I were married under a canopy of birch trees. Perhaps because this spot at the Trap family residence is where I love to go to deal with 
both struggles and challenges in my life and joys. It's sort of a touchstone for my life, this congregation of birch trees on a mountainside in Vermont. But wherever I find them, I've always been struck by a specific characteristic of the birch, and that is that their bark falls away, that they shed their outer skin. And a new skin forms, new bark forms, renewing itself and adapting, beginning again. And that, to me, is such a powerful metaphor for our lives. Are we able to shed the old, that which is no longer serving us? And are we able to allow new bark, a new skin, a new sense of ourselves and our spirit to form? How can we renew ourselves? We're reminded throughout the year, through many things, through the birth of a child, through the newness of spring. Yes, nature is a teacher, reminding us that renewal is a possibility. And some, for some of us, we're in the midst of a cold snap. Parts of our world are frigid. Others are going through their summer. But this is a time, wherever you may find yourself, where renewal and adaptation and the ability to see yourself beginning again are so wondrous and nourish us and allow us to grow because we believe in it, we can make it happen. Robert Frost, one of my favorite poets, wrote of birch trees. He says, I'd like to get away from earth a while and then come back to it and begin over. May no fate willfully misunderstand me and half grant what I wish and snatch me away not to return. Earth's the right place for love. I don't know where it's likely to go better. I'd like to go by climbing a birch tree and climb black branches up a snow-white trunk towards heaven till the tree could bear no more, but dipped its top and set me down again. That would be good, both going and coming back. One could do worse than be a swinger of birches. Yes, indeed. One could do worse than being a swinger of birches. Think of the trees that bring you joy, those that inspire you. And perhaps for a moment this week, offer up your own little poem. The trees, like humans, be allowed to grow. Here's to you and to me growing. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein and this is all that matters.